0: making work make sense. LinkedIn knows how. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. how to get 30, 30, get
1: 30, get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the following on podcast with myself, John Norman, and Jared Kimber. It is raining, it's pouring, and... Uh, well, there's no old men snoring. There's, I can't really work out from our vantage point here on level four of the media centre what exactly those people are dressed as, but I'm sure Jarrah Kimber will be able to. Uh, let us all know. You're listening to the following on podcast and we are looking back at day three of the Ashes first test here at Edgbaston. OK, Jared, let's get t- straight down to business. It's been another compelling day of Test Match Cricket. Proper old-school stuff at times. We had a little batting collapse from England at the start of the day. We had obduracy throughout. Some uh, Plenty of singles taken from the likes of Broad and uh, Wokes as more lower-end batsmen showed their middle and top-order batsmen exactly how you play on this pitch. And then towards the end, we had exactly what we've seen in the last couple of Ashes, Steve Smith, Absolutely impossible to get out. Let's start, though, at the top, Player of the Day. Who is
0: Player of the Day, John?
1: I don't know, but if I don't know and you don't know, why is anyone listening to us to find out? Player of the Day, it's not quite as simple as on days one and two when we had a centurion on
0: both and a five for taken. It's um probably Steve Smith because uh, Australia were in absolute... Panic mode. He came out and made them look a little bit more sensible. They've only lost one wicket since he's come out to play. He was also captaining for a little while there. So uh, a little while. He brought himself on to bowl. Yeah, but that's fair. Quality leg spinner as a young man. Seven wicket. Seven wicket haul in first-class cricket, John. I'll have you know. I'm sure he told Tim Payne that, or he just brought himself on. I don't know. But um.
1: There was one moment today when Tim Payne was standing up to the stumps and David Warner was at first slip and Steve Smith was at leg slip and they were both basically just directing the field. I told you this yesterday. Warner. No, no, no. We told each other this
0: yesterday. Come on. We told, it, we told each other this yesterday. Uh, Warner was doing it yesterday. It was funny. Everyone was going mad today and I was like, well, what, did no one notice what was going on yesterday? Uh, it is very interesting, but I do think, yeah, Smith is... I think the player of the day, just because I think is uh, a difference between well, possibly an England win, an Australian win, or, or a draw at this stage, because it is really raining tonight. Not that they were going to continue to play for much longer, but uh, what have we lost? 23 minutes. But um, it doesn't seem at the moment that England have a, a clear idea on how to get him out. I can tell you how to get him out. Left arm finger spin. Well, that may come into the equation hey,
1: later on in the series. We'll, uh, we'll return to that. Uh, let's look at uh, some of the specific moments of the match. Ball of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Most of the wickets today didn't go to anything spectacular, did they? I, um, there was a brilliant ball from Moeen Alley towards the end of the day that spun back and beat um, beat Bearstow as well. Beat,
1: that was Bancroft, wasn't it? it was was a, that Bancroft was batting and it beat yeah. Bairstow
0: as well. That was a beautiful ball drifted away. spun. A couple of times in this game, Moeen Alley in line have just ripped the ball and yet it hasn't really looked like a spinners wicket either. Um, that was probably my favourite ball of the day. Either that, or I'd have to check my phone to see what notes I wrote down. But I, that's the one I remember, so let's go with that.
1: What about the delivery that dismissed Moeen Alley? <laughs> Nathan Lyon bowling around the wicket, angling it in on the stumps, and for some inexplicable reason, Moeen Alley shouldered arms and off stump went for a little uh, lie down.
0: Well, the reason that was a great ball, of course, is because uh, he hit off stump and the stump came out of the ground. And James Pattinson bowling the heat and, and power and masculinity couldn't even knock the bales off the day before. Look, straight pulls from spinners are obviously very good. How many of them are on purpose? I don't want to speculate. Uh, you know, I'd love to say that Nathan Lyon saw, saw that, but why, why with Moen Alley's record against Nathan Lyon would you send Moen Alley in ahead of Chris Wokes at this stage? It's a very odd decision to me. You know, horses and courses and all that sort of stuff, and, and I don't want to get too much, too analysty and all that sort of thing, but realistically, I'd be like, Wokes is a really good matchup for Lyon. Why not send him in?
1: I think we will see Wokes if called upon batting ahead of uh, Moeen Alley in second innings. I'm not sure whether we're going to see much of Moeen Alley for this series unless he can do something particularly
0: dramatic uh, tomorrow and, uh, and possibly on day five. But he has been bowling very well. Like, over the last couple of years. So, is there a better spinner than him out there? No. So, he's failing with the bat. He maybe hasn't been as spectacular with the ball as he could be. But I still think he's the best spinner in England. and I, I've not seen any proof of anyone else coming through. That And I th- I'm a big fan of Leach. But I think Leach is a very much... You have to get him on a spinning wicket or in Asia or in very helpful conditions. Whereas, I think Moe's quite a good bowler in all conditions. Um, but... Um, Having said that, Jack Leach is maybe the only person in England who can get out uh, Steve Smith, so that might get him the gig.
1: That is quite important, though, isn't it? And Jack Leach has done pretty much all that's been asked of him. He's only (laughs) played one test in this country and only bowled three overs. But there's going to be a real clamour, and it's telling, or at least it was to me, that a bit like Adil Rashid, you see the difference between Adil Rashid, and I know the formats make uh, leg spin a little bit easier in one-day cricket than test cricket, but... He's got the backing of his captain in limited overs cricket, Rashid. Clearly does not have the backing of his batte- of his captain in test cricket. Joe Root brought himself on not once but twice to replace Moeen Ali. And not only did he do that, he gave himself more attacking fielders around the bat as well. So I think the writing on the wall might be there for uh, Moeen Ali. Unless, as I say, something dramatic
0: happens mm. on day four. Or oh, the writing's on a, on a whiteboard, he can just rub it out.
1: Yeah, but you can r- rub out writing on the wall as well. Can you? It's harder. You're right. Actually, it's still you can faintly see Alan Mullery is God painted on the wall opposite Stepheny's Road End or Johnny Haynes End, and that was probably put up there in the late seventies.
0: Yeah, you, your kids just aren't old enough, so you don't know about writing on the wall yet. <laughs> the
1: story of today is such a big story. We forgot to go with it after Player of the Day, but we're going to do
0: it now. What was Story of the Day? Look, it's not. It's not a big story today, um, obviously, as we forgot it, but. Um, I think there's something to be said for picking bowlers who are good against tail-enders in test matches. Darren Goff, for instance. Darren Goff, uh, Mitchell Stark, for instance, who's not in this. uh, Joffre Archer, I think, would have been a a fairly good one. I think England have got a lot of quality bowlers. They didn't have an obvious bowler to run through the tail, and Australia did quite well in the first innings. And then we see England do the exact same thing. And Pattinson and Cummins, I think, are better bowlers than Mitchell Stark. But when the tail's in, uh, I think they're... They they almost bowl balls that are, are useless on the tail because you can't edge them. There was one from Chris Wokes today. It could have been ball of the day actually. Chris Wokes got a ball that angled in, uh, started to started to swing away and then hit the seam and went further. And it was it, it's wasted on him. It. it would be wasted on most the batsmen in this game. And I think that you know are you are you worried about that spider? No. Okay. Good. Let's continue. So I think that and I've been saying this for a long time. I remember when um, Mitchell Starc was injured for a game and Australia brought in. Jackson Bird now I'm a big fan of Jackson Bird but they're not like for like Billy Stanlake is like uh, you know Mitchell Stark Uh, Jai Richardson is like uh, Mitchell Stark so I think teams have to start thinking about that and I think at the moment we're still not seeing that batsmen and tailenders do need different things to get them out anyway it's not a great story of the day but it's my story of the day
1: yeah I must admit I started thinking about that spider a little bit more oh it's gone Um, okay rant of the day have we not got shot of the day Okay, shot
0: of the day. So we've got a running order. Can you follow it for two seconds? Okay, shot of the day. I'm going to go with something a bit random here. At one stage, I thought Nathan Lyon was bowling quite well. He got um, he got Rory Burns out. Uh, and Wasn't that a great celebration? I know this has nothing to do with shot of the day. Wasn't it a great celebration? of? Thankfully, he's finally edged one, and I don't have to live in fear that I'll never get him out. Um, uh, he was bowling to Chris Wokes, Nathan Lyon, and Chris Wokes got down and sort of... I want to say lap, lap swit, swept it, but it was, more a, it was almost more of a deal scoop over his head. He got inside it and did, played almost the Josh Butler shot over the back of his shoulder. Isn't it great that we have number nines now who, against one of the best bowls in the world, can sort of just run across their stumps and flip the ball back over their shoulder? And he did it well. I think he might have played it twice. I think so. I think one of Stuart Broad's sweep shots
1: against Nathan Lyon as well was pretty effective. He's, I think Stuart Broad played Nathan Lyon
0: as well as anybody has in this test match, to be fair. So we've had a lot of umpire errors in this in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before, maybe on an earlier rant of the day, in fact, that essentially these are the best umpires in the world. Should the level of umpiring be better? Maybe. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure it should, but let's say it should. Um, but when you go down to domestic cricket, the, the, the umpiring level is bad. Now, today we had David Warner nicking behind off the back of the bat, was it? Yeah, toe end. Yeah. Um... And everyone was like, well, Joel Wilson should have seen that. He should have seen that. He should have seen that. But the bowler, Stuart Broad, who had a similar view, um, straight away wasn't sure if that was out. Now, Stuart Broad doesn't even look at the. He doesn't pretend that the umpires are on the ground um, when he's sure that there's a wicket. And in this particular occasion, he turned around and it was almost, almost a polite inquiry. Right? Yep. Hashtag. Yeah. But behind the wicket, they all went up. And then, it goes, so it, we see the replay, and obviously it's clanged into the bat, and, and you can see it. It was a bit obstructed, I think, by um, Warner's arm a little bit. Now, fine, he's headed, Warner comes off the field. Everyone boos Warner. N- normal life is, is resumed for a minute. And then everyone goes online and says that Joel Wilson's made this terrible error. And I was like, well, I'm not sure he did. He was he had an obstructed view. Um the bowler who had the similar view didn't didn't think it was out. It's qu- really easy for us to notice if something's out if we super slow mo and we see it from a couple of different angles and we see a close up of it. Joel Wilson doesn't have super slow mo eyes, John. Why? Maybe he should. Maybe he should. I mean, maybe he should. Now you you brought that out, <laughs> but uh, that would be my round of the day. That we have to understand that you know, A, there are going to be errors because human beings do make errors. Not us, but other human beings. Um, And B, that not everything's as clear-cut as that. It's very easy for you to go, well, you definitely hit that when you've seen a super slow-mo. And most of the time, when we're in the press box or you're watching on TV or even if you're watching at the ground, when you say, that's definitely out, you're basically guessing because you have no idea and you're watching the game from 50 metres, 70 metres or uh, via a, a lot of pixels
1: unluckiest of
0: the day? Uh, I'm split a little bit here because I want to go with James Pattinson, who I may have gone with yesterday as well, just because I think he bowled way too well to only end up with two wickets in, in this first innings. But, um, Phil Brown's putting me off, because that's what Phil Brown does. Look, wants to be Talking ball- about unluckiest of the day. Um, but but I think I'm going to go with Ben Stokes because I think he was probably the best batsman that England had in this test. Thought he batted. I was really impressed with his batting. Moved back to six, which I think is better for him, better for England. I thought he, he batted brilliantly on, on, on a pitch that's not that easy to bat on. I, I was really impressed. And, of course, he tries to cut one ball that's not that short, and not that wide, and he nicks off. If I was him, I'd be, I would have been walking off staring at Rory Burns just being like, how many times did you make a mistake? And I make one and I've got to go home. Um, so I think I think that's a bit unlucky. Maybe it's not unlucky because he did pick the wrong ball. But I just comparing him to the bloke at the other end. But then again, you know, if you're comparing him to uh, the luckiest person of all time, uh, then who uh, Rory Burns in, in that innings, then maybe everyone feels unlucky. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Have you got an unlucky of the day? I would
1: say that... Um well, England are pretty unlucky. The fact that Jimmy Anderson didn't come out and bowl. We always talk about Glenn McGrath missing the Edgbaston test in 2005. No one stood up and said, actually, England have been just as unfortunate with Jimmy Anderson uh, missing this test. Everyone's actually blaming Jimmy Anderson or the selectors or trying to put some kind of like rationality around the fact that he just got injured after four overs. Um, so I'd say that's unlucky, but that isn't my unlucky moment of the day. I'd say anyone bowling on this pitch is slightly unlucky. Uh, not the spin bowlers perhaps, but we've just seen Patrick Cummins, James Pattinson and Peter Siddle, both, all of them bowled 30 overs on this track. They've bowled really bloody well Um, and that is testament to the fact that this is one lifeless sponge of a pudding and if if, uh, Australia hadn't batted so appallingly in first innings, this game would have draw written all over it.
0: This is a, this is not a great pitch to bat on or bowl on. Does that make sense? So unlucky, I'd say. Yeah, because, you know, essentially, you're always in it as a bowler, but there's also you have to work to get that wicket and then you finally get it and then you have to work to get the next one. And the batsmen are always working their way in. And well, It's not just Burns. I mean, we, you know, we've seen it with a lot of the batsmen in this game trying to really work their way into these innings and, and struggling. So it's, it, it's felt at times why it's hard to bat on and bowl on. Um, but, yeah, lifeless. I, I think lifeless. It's, it's OK.
1: Steve Harmson called it a chief exec pitch within about two overs and very often Steve Harmson is quite right.
0: L-O-L, LOL, of the day. Oh, this is easy. Um, well, look, no, I'm going to have to have a bit of a go at David Warner. a little bit disappointed with him. He goes out in front of the Holy Stands. They, they ask him to show what's in his hands. He opens his pockets and shows that there's no sandpaper in his pockets. But Cameron Bancroft didn't, didn't just put sandpaper in his pocket now, did he, John? He put it in his undies. Do you say knickers? Only for women. Okay. Panties? Only for women. Okay. Why fronts? Only for men. Okay. He, he didn't flip, flip open his Y-fronts to show that there's no sandpaper in there. And also, as you probably know, uh, a lot of cricket underwear comes with a secret pocket for your box as well. So th- there's, he had an extra pocket probably in, in the front there. Um, and then he had the actual underwear itself. So yes, it was funny that he got his pockets out. But I think he could have gone further. He could have stripped. He could have offered a bit like you know um, someone going through an airport and being taken off for a random test. Do you know that there's
1: skateboard uh, trainers with hidden pockets so skateboarders can pop marijuana in there? I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe he could have been wearing those trainers and sandpaper was put in there instead.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly going to think about that one for a while.
1: (laughs) Mistake of the day. My mistake of the day is probably making a reference to <laughs> no. cannabis use. Um, again, kids, if you're listening, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. I'm just other stating drugs, back.
0: Other drugs are available.
1: They're not available. They are available. <laughs> Either way, we do not condone that kind of attitude uh, or activity. Mistake of the day. Ooh. Well, Moeen Ali springs to mind again. Is uh, You know... I'm not getting into the Brexit debate, but, you know, leaving is not a good idea. That wasn't a good idea. England losing four wickets for 15 runs was equally not a particularly good idea. Um, yeah.
0: So is, is the mistake putting him into bat, or is the mistake him, fa- him failing to... To, I mean, he clearly has a problem against Nathan Lyon, right? So there's a certain point. It's a bit like the Sean Marsh debate, right? Or, or the Mitch Marsh debate. Or any of the Marsh debates. Which is people, they, they have a go at the player, right? And it's not the player's fault. If you have an actual deficiency within your game, you might have worked as hard as any human being to overcome it, and you can't. I'm not saying Moenelli has, but I, I know for a fact that he just can't work out Moinelli. Uh, sorry, he can't work out Nathan Lyon. He just can't work out how to score for him. He can't work out how to stay in. It's like Nathan Lyon's got a hold on him. England know this. Everyone knows this. There were, the, there were people walking on the footpath outside that don't even know about cricket that were asking if this was a World Cup match that knew that he had that problem with Nathan Lyon. And yet England still sent him out in a, in a time when they probably just need to consolidate a little bit and, and, and strengthen um, that inning. So for me... Eh, I find it hard sometimes to blame Ellie. At a certain point, though, he does have to bat. So. Well, see, this is the thing. You're not
1: sending him in at six, where, remember, he was playing throughout the last Ashes. You're not sending him in at seven, where he had probably most of his success. You're sending him in at eight. And by the same kind of logic, you'd have to say, well, Stuart Broad shouldn't have come in ahead of Jimmy Anderson because everyone
0: knows he can't deal with the short ball. Yeah, but this pitch doesn't have any short ball, so he's fine. Look. How was he out? Clearly, Ellie should have opened the batting. I think that's what we're saying. Moment of the day. Oh, Steve Smith getting hit in the head for many reasons. One, he did that weird shaky thing. He really did, didn't he? It was really odd, especially, in, especially in slow-mo. Explain it in words. Um, it was
1: like watching a nature documentary when a uh, frog or chameleon had just submerged from a pond and was sitting on a leaf and was just trying to get rid of the water, excess water that was uh, balancing on his nose and head.
0: That's exactly that's exactly right. Um, also, because obviously, you know, around the concussion rules protocols, there's a, there's a lot of different rules. One of which is you have to have a like-for-like player, right? So, you know, if if Jimmy Anderson is injured, they can't uh, they can't bring in Jack Leach. Sure, you know, um, you know, it needs to be an all-rounder and all these sorts of things. And we understand this, of course. But if Steve Smith gets injured, other than reanimating the corpse of Don Bradman, I'm not sure Australia can find a like-for-like player. So if he did, imagine he was concussed. And I'm not saying he shouldn't go off because I believe in the concussion protocols and I'd like to keep Steve Smith's uh, future life with his head being normal. But um, at the same time, wow, that would have made a huge decision. Now, we have just watched a World Cup, right, where teams have been pinging the short ball in over and over and over again because... um, even though it goes for a few more runs, it takes a lot more wickets, right? So the risk and reward is there. If you then bring in a concussion protocol that every time a player gets concussed from a short ball, um, you're bringing in another wicket-taking opportunity. We now have more fast bowlers in the world than ever before. It is possible, of course, that we will get more bounces because of the concussion protocol than we would have without it. And then you've got the tactical thing. Jimmy Anderson's out there batting today. You don't want Joffre Archer to bowl. So the last thing you want to do is bowl him. I, I, I found it really, the whole thing I found really fascinating from a, from a logistics point of view, from a, from a rule book sort of view and how it might change tactics. And also people might get hit in the head more and or less. That was moment of the day, and that was following on. Myself and Jared will be back after day
1: four. Bad weather expected in this part of the world, so it might be a truncated day's play. Um, maybe it'll give a little bit of life back into the pitch. Maybe the bowlers will have a bit of cloud cover to work with. We shall wait and find out. You're listening to the following on podcast. Download us on Acast or iTunes. And we'll be back after day four at Edgfiston.